The Productive Woman, Episode 254. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with author, speaker, wife, and mom, Mrithu Parikh. You'll find more information about Mrithu, along with links to resources she recommends and the ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 254. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Give your productivity a boost with Text Expander. This is one of my favorite productivity tools, one of the first things I load on any device that I set up. It turns the things you type often into snippets that you can use everywhere you type. Your time is too valuable and life is way too short to constantly retype what could be a snippet. And companies can use Text Expander for teams for things like customer support, reports, email, anywhere that you need consistent and accurate text. That's one of the great things about Text Expander that once you set up a snippet, you don't have to remember anything except the little brief two or three keystrokes that you set up as the the trigger, and it will fill in the text consistently, accurately every time. So I use snippets for my email addresses, for my bar numbers, my, my, you know, I have to be a member of the bar of the state and you're assigned a number. I have them for phone numbers. I have them for longer pieces of text that I want to make sure I get all the information in there accurately. I take the time to get it uh, crafted the way I want it to read with all the information said the way I want to say it, then I create a snippet and it's the same every time. And I love it. It's so efficient, so effective, whether for you personally or for your company, text expander is available for Mac OS, for windows, for iPhone and iPad and for Chrome. And the productive woman listeners can get 20% off their first year of text expander. So visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander and get that 20% off your first year. All right, let's get right into my conversation with Mrithu. I am pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Mrithu Parikh. She is a speaker, an author, and a coach who loves to help ambitious women feel in control of their time, energy, and habits, even when they're overwhelmed by demands and distractions. And I think a lot of us could relate to that. Mrithu is also a wife and the mother of two sons, and I have been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Mrithu. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And way to nail my name, Laura. That was awesome. <laughs> well, it's such a beautiful name. And and so what? where does that name come from? And does it have a meaning? Yes, I am Indian, Indian origin. I was born in India, but moved to the U.S. when I was six weeks old. 
so American Indian, and it does mean it means sweet, or that's what my mom tells me. But you know, who knows what it really means? Yeah. Moms, moms probably tell us all of us that that's what our name means, right? right? Yeah. So, well, I'm delighted that you're here with us today, and I really have been looking forward to talking with you. I'll share with the the listeners that it was a challenge for us to make this happen because we were scheduled to record this conversation on a morning that. The day before, it turned out we had a major storm here in the town that I live in, and a tornado hit downtown, and the power was out. So we had to reschedule and wait a few more days. So I'm I'm glad you were so flexible, Mrithu, and that you're here with us today. Oh, I'm just glad we were both safe because we we were hit. Both of us were hit in completely different cities. So yeah, that was crazy. Pretty crazy. Well, I shared a little bit about who you are, but um, maybe before we get into the how you're making a life that matters piece of it, maybe you could start by telling us just a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you'd like us to know about you as we as we have our conversation today. Sure. Well, you mentioned I'm a mom of two, so that's first. I have a 13-year-old son and a 15-year-old son. We live in Nashville, Tennessee, Nash Vegas, woohoo, uh, Music City. And um, I, as you mentioned, I'm a productivity speaker, trainer, and coach. But I started my career as a professional home organizer, which not mm-hmm. everybody knows. Uh, so clearly, I've always been into things like simplifying and streamlining and organizing. And as my life shifted, I guess as my family grew, as my business grew, I just sort of naturally evolved from organizing my home to managing my time, you know, really just Mm -hmm. understanding or probably more challenged, challenged and struggling with how to manage my time, but then really threw myself into it to study it more and embrace it and try to live it. Um, And so that's what I do now. I help other women who feel really overwhelmed who are working hard, who are ambitious and professional and doing all the things like mom and and work and family and community and just trying to help them, you know, streamline their life and make them feel more efficient and like you said, live a life that matters most. So you have your own business then or do you work yes. and do you work from home? Do you have an office? What's your work setup? So I have an office in my home, which I've been really lucky that we had an extra bedroom that's been converted. It has a beautiful window. And so, yeah, I do most of my work work here. Okay. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about how you manage the various commitments you've made, your your business, your family, and other things that make you you. Uh, but I always think it's helpful as we talk about the tools, techniques, whatever that people use to stay productive, to have a little bit of context for that. And so if there's such a thing for you as a typical day, what would that be like? So I just want to begin by saying my typical day has really changed and really evolved in the last couple of years as I've kind of, like I said, kind of immersed myself in this, the study of productivity more. I wish I could say it was always consistent and it mm-hmm. always happens. It doesn't. But I will say the biggest challenge is when the kids are home. So right now that we have summer break, they're home and I definitely fall off my routine more so. But when they're in school and it's structured, I typically can st- you know, stand by it and it's pretty good. But um, so let's start with the school day because I'll tell you what, you know, when it typically goes well and then kind of when I fall off or why mm-hmm. I fall off. But I try to be up. I put my alarm. I try to get up by about 545 and get my day started at six, which means 
by for me, that means you want me to get into the details of this, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I need that 15 minutes just to open my eyes, brush my teeth, like just wake up. Like I'm just not one of those people who can jump out of bed. So I'm like grabbing my coffee. So I need that time. And then I tip, then I have this little morning routine that really gets me energized and feeling productive and just happy in the morning. Um, and that consists of some me time before I'm running around starting everything. So I usually do this meditation app. I do a meditation for five to 10 minutes. So it's really short. I'm not sitting there for 30 minutes. It's just, I'm listening to a guided meditation. I might do a anywhere from seven minutes of yoga to maybe 45 minutes of walking. So it kind of just depends on my morning, but I want to get some type of physical activity. in. so again, it's just either on an app or if just the way that my morning is, I can go out for a 30-minute walk, 20-minute walk, 45-minute walk. I just want to do something with activity. And then I will typically write in my journal and I just write. And often I wish I had this dream of like sitting and journaling and writing all these dreams and all that every day. But it usually just ends up being what are my top goals for today. And that's really doing those three things has helped me tremendously start my day. And anytime I miss those, which like I said, it does happen, I just feel kind of off or I try to get back to it even when I after I drop off the kids. I just want to get back to that point. So really it's between 6 and 6.45 or 6 to 7 is when that's all happening. Then I just jump back and I jump in the car, get my kids to school. Now they're older, so they don't really need me to, I mean, they were younger. I had to do a lot more for them in the morning. Now they're in high school, middle school. So they pretty much have their stuff together. We get in the car about 7.10, get them to school. I come back, shower, dress, and start my day by nine o'clock. And let me, let me ask before we get into kind of how your work day goes, um, what, you mentioned you use an app for mm-hmm. the guided meditation. Which app is that? I use Insight Timer. Hmm. I haven't heard yeah. of that one. I yeah. I really like Headspace, but partly it's because I like the guy's accent. Um, yes, yeah. So in, I imagine they're pretty similar because I've yeah. heard of Headspace a lot, but yeah. Yeah, Insight Timer. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. uh, try to find a link and put that in the show notes. And for yoga, do you have a particular type of yoga that you follow or how do you do that piece of it? I am so not, I could even pretend I'm a yoga person either, but I just love the stretches and I'm sure I'm doing very basic stuff, but there is an app called Aptive, A-A-P-T-I-V. Mm. Now it's paid. It's not a free one, but I want to say maybe $50 for the year. And they have tons of workout different workouts from everything, yoga, biking, walking, boxing, you know, anything you can think of. And it's all of these really fun instructors and they're guiding you and there's fun music. And so sometimes when I'm out on my walk, actually, I'll put active on and it will maybe say, okay, you're just going to jog for 30, se- you know, 30 seconds. Then they're walking for 60 seconds and we're kind of like going at a really fast pace for 60 seconds. So it, it I find that it's just really invigorating. And sometimes when I'm, <laughs> I'm not really pushing myself, I can get a better workout and I only have 20 minutes because I'm doing the active app versus me just trying to walk for 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I yeah. like that. Having, having a little structure, a little outside guidance can really make a difference. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I love those too. So you've got your boys off to school, you're back mm-hmm. and done all your stuff and you're ready to, to work. Where does it go from there? So I try again really hard to not 
schedule any appointments for the first thing for my, it doesn't always happen. You know, I think I'm, I'm certainly flexible. And if I have a client or just someone, I know we have to meet a doctor's appointment. It has to happen at nine. I'll do it. But for the most part, I try to keep my morning from nine to 1030 without a phone call or an appointment. Mm-hmm. And during that time is when I call my power hour. Uh, you typically nine to 10. Again, sometimes it's nine to nine 45. It just depends. But you know, I'm trying really hard to do an hour and that's when I need to, I want to get the things done that I know I'm not going to do later in the day. The thing that always falls by the wayside, kind of the most important goal. Um, but I think what's really, what I've learned during this time is it's not just my most important goal for the day because that I'll tip, I'll end up doing a lot of times I'll, I'll end up doing my goal because at some point I know I have to get it done. <laughs> it's the thing I'm going to procrastinate. Mm. That's what's most important for me to do. Eating your frog. Um, yes. Yes. So it's not, it, it, it's, I'm sure it's in my top three goals, but it's the one I'm not going to do later. <laughs> and that's how I've really tried to change this a lot. It used to just be, I'll just sit and do my work in the morning. That was great. But when I've moved it to the, what, you know, what will I, what will I procrastinate later? It has really helped me move my day. Mm. And so your work days, it sounds like it's a, a mix of personal work, whatever the work is that you're doing, plus phone calls with clients or things like that. It is, it is. And I try to structure my day again. I mean, it's pretty much 90% there, but I'll make exceptions when you know, clients can't do it. But I have certain days that I'm just taking my coaching calls and then other days that I'm not. So that's more of working on projects or, you know, just reaching out, prospecting. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when I take all my coaching calls. Okay. And then where does it go from there as far as your, your day? We're, we're, we're sort of taking the roundabout way, the long way through the, through a typical day for you. But I think it's helpful to kind of suss out some of the details of it. So at what point does your work day end? It typically ends between three and four, sometimes five, depending on my kids' activities after school. But a lot of times it's three because I have to pick up my younger one and then go get him, you know, somewhere, basketball or something like that. So it's really like nine to three, sometimes nine to five if they have something right after school. But I'd say nine to three for the most days. And then my, my afternoons are usually driving them around. You know, it's <laughs> anybody who has middle schoolers or high schoolers know we're just like the chauffeur. So we're driving them, going back and forth, doing the thing, come home, make dinner. And then almost always I'll, I'll hop back on. After we've had dinner, we've settled down, done the dishes. They're doing their homework. I'll hop back online and then finish up to the day. So that could be sometimes to eight o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock. It just sort of depends again, like what's happening. Um, but I have found that again with the kids' ages, it works out great because they're doing homework. So a lot of times we might be sitting in the same spaces. We're all at our computers. We're, we're, we're that family that we all have our laptops, mm-hmm. but you know we're all kind of doing our work quietly, but still being together. Hmm. And you have a an evening routine that you use to wrap up the day. That kind of as a counterpoint to your morning routine. I do. Well, probably the biggest thing for my evening is to just. One is to clean up, like clean up at night, like clean up the dishes, put them away, um, get anything ready, you know, we to like put away the shoes or the coats or the bags, like just to clean up. So I definitely would say I spend maybe 20, 30 minutes every night just to tidy up. 
And then just to look at my day, I'll always look at my day, look at what's on the calendar for the next day and think about some of the small things I could do to get ready for that. Sometimes it's just, like I said, planning those goals. Sometimes I've got to check on directions to get somewhere. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I should print that out right now. Or, you know, like what can I do to prepare myself for the next day? And then make my coffee. I set, I set my coffee so it's, it's ready first thing in the morning when I wake up. And that's about it. Oh, and I do a gratitude app. I forgot about that. I'll do, mm. so there's an app called Gratitude. That's it. And that, I get a reminder on that at nine o'clock every night. Mm. And it's really simple. You can put as many things you're thankful for. You could put one, you could put 10. It doesn't matter. You're just literally you hit the plus sign and you write something. And they always send a really nice quote every day. So it's just like a, a nice thing to do at the end of the day. And I know I would never do it if I didn't get that app, if I didn't get that reminder on my phone, I would never remember that. So that's something I like to do too. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of research out there that talks about the importance of having some sort of gratitude practice. It, it helps for a lot of us. I would venture to say a lot of the women who listen to this podcast are similar to me in that we're very focused on what we want to accomplish, how what kind of life we want to make, and easily notice the things that aren't going well not so easily notice the things that did go well or the things we have, the, the positive perspective. And I think part of that for me, I say part of it is my legal training. I'm trained to look for what can go wrong and prepare for it. But my husband would say I've always kind of been that way. But, <laughs> but to have some sort of intentional practice of at least for one moment each day looking for the positive and and I do believe no matter what situation you're in there is always something to be grateful for always it could just be it was today it was a sunny day today yeah. <laughs> or or that day we're in the storm you and I were both stuck in that storm uh, we both came out perfectly fine you yeah. know yeah and so that's you know I, I totally agree there's always something to have gratitude for and I just think it's a really nice way to, to wrap up their day and like kind of having that as one of your your closing thoughts at the end of the day it just feels really good yeah I like that so because you have a business of coaching women to help with these sorts of things, productivity related things, uh, this is something that's important to you. It's something you've spent time on. How did you decide to create a business around it to become a coach as opposed to, I, you know, doing something else with your life? Well, when I actually started, I'm going to take you back just a bit because I think this will be really relevant to how, how I got into this was when I started my business as a home organizer, I simply did that because I, prior to that, I was in a corporate job and it was very long hours. I never saw my children. And when we made a big move to Nashville, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is my time that I could just try something new and I could start something on my own. And when I got into that, I thought I was going to love it because I loved organizing and I was really into just, you know, home organization. But what I found was that I didn't love doing it for other people. Mm. And I, I'm, I was like, there were days I would really come back and we'd be doing, let's say someone's garage in the 95 degree heat. I'd come <laughs> home and I'd take two Advil I'm not even kidding, and just go to bed. And I was like, this, this is just not, this is just not what I, you know, what I thought this was going to be. But what I really realized was that not only was it just physically taxing, I would then go back to that garage, let's say a month later or two months later, and it would be in 
terrible condition again. It'd be all chaotic and we do the same space over. And then three months later, we do the same space over. And what I really learned was that people weren't learning from me. They were leaning on me, right? Like they were leaning on me to do it, but I wasn't teaching them anything. And I think that's when I really realized I had fallen out of love with what I thought this, what this was going to be. And so to answer your question, that's what really made me think or made me evolve into more coaching. I was like, what I really want to do is teach women the strategies and the skills so that they can do it and they can still bring in the help when they need it, but they feel confident that they have like that toolkit that they can reach into Mm -hmm. to, you know, that they can actually take control of it and if, or, or teach other people in their family. And, and then I, then I think, you know, when you have those skill sets and those tools, it goes beyond just your home. It's, you know, how do you help others in the community and others in your workplace? And so it kind of evolved, it just evolved that way from leaning on me to learning from me. Yeah, I love that idea of helping people to learn from you rather than lean on you. Because it's sort of the, you know, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach him how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime sort of thing, helping people find those skills and find that strength within themselves to do what needs to be done, I think is so much more rewarding than simply doing it for them. Yeah. And I think it's also so rewarding to see, and I mentioned this, but the confidence, I think just that, and like that Mm self-esteem that builds up in women or in people when they feel like I know how to take control, I can be in control of my day or of my time or of my distractions. It's a very empowering feeling. And that has just been amazing too, just to help empower other women. Yeah, I can, I can believe it. So starting your own business is something a lot of women think about doing for maybe some of the reasons that you mentioned of, of being in a corporate job or whatever job a person has that takes them away from home and away from their children. And, and, um, and if that's, you know, if people want a corporate job, there's nothing wrong with that. But if someone's looking for something a little bit different, uh, they may be thinking about starting their own job, whether it's coaching or something else. How how did you get the courage to actually take that step? I mean, you mentioned part of it was that you, you all moved to a new a new city. But there are a lot of women who are thinking about doing something like what you've done, you know, maybe not as a coach, but starting their own business. But it's a little intimidating. How did you get past that? Or did you ever feel that? Yeah, no, you're totally right. It is very intimidating. And I had, and I think like many women who may be starting their own businesses don't necessarily have the background. Like I didn't go to business school. I didn't have an entrepreneurial background. So it was, it was very scary. You're so right. And I think one of the best things that I did was immerse myself into my community in different groups. So I joined women's groups. I joined actually NAPO, which is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Experts, which I'd never even heard of. But when I was talking about possibly getting into this career, someone told me about it. And I and then I went to their meetings and I met all these other organizers and realized this was a real thing. And, you know, and one conversation led to another. But I, I think the first step is to get out there and start talking to people. And 
join those groups because you just never know where it's going to lead, right? You have no idea that even something you might just be playing with or toying with could lead you in a completely different direction or maybe reinforce exactly what you were thinking, but you don't know when you're sort of living in, in your head, in your bubble, in your house, you know, just mm-hmm. thinking about it in our own heads all the time. Um, and that was really, I'd say that was my husband who really pushed me out there. It was like, if you want to do it, great, whatever you want to do, but get out there start talking to people and have, you know, get those coffees and go take people out for lunch and just have, start having those conversations because that's where you're really going to get more knowledge and understanding and experience and open those doors and opportunities versus like reading a book. And I love reading books. I love taking all the courses, but there's only that much you're going to get from there. Yeah. There's something really to be said for finding somebody who's doing that thing you think you might like to do and talking to them and finding out. So how does this actually work out in real life? You know, what are the upsides? What are the downsides? Where did you struggle? What advice would you offer? And sometimes whether there's an organization that you can join that can connect you with people, or just finding someone in your community who's doing something like what you think you'd like to do and saying, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and and talk to you a little bit about what it is you do and what you like about it and what you might do differently. Absolutely. And you know, most people, I think people are really good and they want to share. And what does everyone like to do the most when they're in a conversation? They want to talk about themselves and they want to talk about their experiences. And so I think we really undervalue how much openness there is out there and how much other people are willing to contribute to that conversation, you know, just by simply, like you said, just making that coffee or sending them an email or picking up the phone. You know, there's so much to be, to be said about that. And um, we have to just kind of get over that fear sometimes that someone won't want to talk to me or it's, I have found it just completely the opposite. People are so giving and women are so giving when you can be vulnerable yourself just let them know, Hey, I'm trying to figure this out. And, you know, I'd love to hear from your experience. People are so giving, so giving. That's been my experience as well. And you may run into somebody who says, no, I I don't have time. Good luck to you, but I don't have time. That's okay. That's nothing personal. Just find somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Ruthie, you obviously spend a lot of time thinking about productivity sorts of things. I don't think anybody's got it all figured out all the time, yeah. but every everybody's life's a little different, presents slightly different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things done that really matter. What would you say are your biggest challenges at this point in your life when it comes to managing your life, getting the things done that are important to you? Gosh, I tell you, the, the bane of my existence <laughs> is still social media and email. Like mm. those two, I... I mean, I teach, like you said, I teach this, I I work on it, I have all the apps, but I can definitely lose my focus between those two, like lose my concentration, get very distracted. And so I'd say that is still something I'm always working on, I get challenged by, and I've just got to put some really pragmatic tools into place to keep me on track. I will say that because I I teach this now more and and talk about it so much, my awareness has really increased. So I'm able to pull myself out of it easier than I was in the past, but I still fall into it. I still fall into that um, all the time, whether it's just, hey, I'm just going to go on and, and post my own social media, but then I get wrapped up into everybody else's I'm looking, you know, I have a very, I have this intention. I'm just going to post my thing. And then it's like 20 minutes later and I'm what, 
the other stuff. Or same thing, I'm just going to go write this one email and send it out. And then you open your email, and there's 20 other emails and we get wrapped up into that. So I, I think those two still for me um, could just take me down the rabbit hole and I just got to really intentionally pull myself out of it and be really deliberate about, you know, what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Yeah, well, I think those things are a challenge for a lot of us. So what are what are some approaches or tools or techniques or whatever that you're using that are helping with that? Okay, so I'll give you one sort of a little bit more, and I don't want to say woo-woo, but a little bit more esoteric, and then one like real app so someone can install this app, but both of them are really helped me. One I, I sort of touched on was the intentionality. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something called like the law of intention, if anybody you know follows these kind of laws and universal laws. But this law of intention, which is basically just stating your intention prior to making the act. So for example, if I'm going to say, if I do want to go post that, I, I've written a blog or I have a photo I want to post with, you know, some verbiage underneath it. I have to say to myself, my intention right now is to go online and post my blog or you know, that's what it is. And that's it. And you are literally saying it out loud. Mm. Um, and what this is doing is just for you mentally, emotionally, it's getting you into the right state. And it is sort of just putting out an aura, like putting this out, like this is my intention and I want to stay focused on this. And it sounds so simple. And again, it, it sounds silly, kind of silly, uh, but saying it out loud, but it, it truly just gets you in that state of this is my intention. And so that has helped me a lot uh, when I say that I'm like my intention, because I know I'll go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> this is my intention. And I do it and it just helps me. Like it, so like I said, that one's a little bit more, you know, it's not like an app or a tool, but it, it does, it truly helps. And I, would recommend anybody just try it. And sometimes it's just like, I am my intention right now is to be present in a conversation with my child for five minutes, right? Like you're saying that out loud, like that is my intention. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm going to put away the phone. I'm not going to let my mind wander. I'm just going to have a conversation or my intention right now is to just, I don't know, cut the vegetables and make dinner. And and it's, it's so silly, but it, it really, really works. It keeps you focused and on track. I like that. The second thing, which is more of an app, I love this app called Inbox Pause. Have you ever heard of that one? No. So that is great for email and it works on Gmail and on Outlook. And I mentioned, you know how sometimes you're like, I'm going to, I need to send out an email. So even if you say my intention is I'm just going to, you know, draft this one email and send it out. Well, then you get, you jump on your email And as you're about to start the email, you see 30 other emails that just came in, right? Since the last time you checked it, there's all these emails. And now my eyes pop and I'm seeing it. I'm clicking on it. I'm getting distracted, right? And now it's 20 minutes later and I haven't written my email. So Inbox Pause is a free app and you just download it. It goes right onto, you know, into your email and you just click on it. It's a big button, like a big green or red button. You click on it. And it will prevent any new emails from coming into your email box mm-hmm. until you click it again. So the beauty is when you're going back to your email and you're like, I just want to compose a new one. Or sometimes, you know, you have to find email, like you have to respond to one that's, it's something you've already read and then you can get distracted by the new ones. Mm-hmm. Basically, you won't see the new ones. You won't see anything new. They're just like holding it up in the cloud. It's not going anywhere. They're just holding it so you don't get distracted by the new ones. 
And then when you are finally ready later on, you're like, okay, I'm going to check my new emails coming in. You, you click it again and then all the new ones come. So it's basically just holding it. It's putting it on halt until you're ready to see the emails. Does that nice. make sense? Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's great. I had not heard of that. And I can see some real value there just to, to take control of, of your email inbox which, you know, some people have called your email inbox the uh, to-do list that other people populate for you, where you need to get in there, but you don't need to be distracted by a bunch of new stuff coming in. I can see how that would be really helpful. Yeah, I, I would say I think one of the, the biggest challenges that we put on ourselves in terms of distractions is that we rely on willpower. Mm. And willpower is like finite. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. There's almost that much we have. Yeah. So if you're going to see the emails coming in, you know, you're going to click, it's really hard not to click just like if notifications are coming in or anything like that. It's better to just eliminate them, find some way to temporarily eliminate them versus leaving them there and then thinking, Oh, I just won't look at that. Or I just won't click on that. Or, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Willpower is something that for most of us um, dissipates over the course of a day. And you yeah. may start out strong, but by the end of the day, it's it's pretty much gone. And that's why uh, for some of us, things like, uh, you know, we start out the day eating well and eating the right things. And by mid to late afternoon, we're just eating whatever's in front of us. <laughs> and, and because we don't have, we've used up our willpower earlier enough in the day that by the end of the day, there's none left. Oh, yeah, yeah. happens all the time. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so in addition to the tool you just mentioned, are there any other uh, particular tools you like or resources you recommend when it comes to managing your time, your, your, you know, commitments, whatever, what are some of the tools that you're using that are helping you uh, make sure you're where you need to be when you need to be there and that the things you want to get done are getting done? Oh, yeah. So I definitely believe in simplicity. And so I like to keep things super simple. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when I had many different apps and different planners, and I just had a lot of different ways to, to keep track of my time and where I was going. But now I've pretty much consolidated everything down to, to three. I'd say if I had these, if I could only have three apps, I could probably run my, I know I could run my entire life and business on these three. So those three are my Google Calendar, mm -hmm. uh, which is just, you know, where all my appointments are, my reminders, where do I need to be, how long it's going to be, how I time block my day. The second one is my Google Docs, and that's where I have all of my documents and I can collaborate with people on my team, clients, colleagues, family, everybody. And then the third one is Evernote, mm -hmm. and that is a list-making app that help me consolidate all my other apps into one, like my meal plans, my travel checklists, my, um, anything to do with work, with packing, anything like that was all now all in Evernote. So those three, I could essentially run my entire life on. Yeah. Evernote is a great tool. All of those are good tools. Uh, Evernote has a lot of things to offer someone who's trying to kind of consolidate all those sorts of things that you mentioned. I've been using Evernote for years. And, you know, over the years, they've added things like the ability to do like checklists with, mm -hmm. with a little checkbox. And um, do you have like different, I think they call them notebooks as opposed to folders, but 
different notebooks for different areas of your life? Do you use tags to find things or do you just use the sort function? I probably am so lame in the way I use Evernote because I think I might use 10% of all of their all the different ways you could use it. Uh, because like, again, I just keep it simple. So I just mm-hmm. sort, I don't even use tags. I just sort, uh, I have tons of different notebooks and notes. And I think their search functionality is so powerful yeah. that I just go in there and just, you know, as I grocery list or, or trip to Europe or whatever I want to, and I just search and it comes right up. So I have not even gone as far as using the tagging function. Do you use that? I have used it. Yeah, I have certain tags for certain kinds of things. But you're absolutely right. It's almost not necessary because the search function is so good. Most of the time, if I need to find something, I just search for a term that I know that's in it. And so Evernote is where I keep things like the license codes for different software that I use. And the receipt that comes with it when you download a piece of software, if it's not from like the Apple App Store, usually you'll get a receipt that has, in addition to the receipt itself, but also the code, the the license that you have to enter in to activate it. I keep all those sorts of things there, just tons of things. And so, yeah, it's a really useful and a very adaptable tool to however your a person's mind works. It really is. I use it for everything personally and everything professionally. So it's, it is really a great tool. If anyone's not using it, try it out. I like it. So I've got a couple of things I want to ask you, but I I do want to talk a little bit about how you work with clients. And Mm -hmm. um, you talked about, and your bio talks about that you like to help ambitious women feel in control of their time, energy, and habits. You know, who are the kind of women that you work with? They are typically women who, as I say, they're doing it all, right? They are, they some typically have kids, not always, but typically are are, are raising a family. And if they don't have children, they're still very involved in their own, you know, with their family. They sometimes have aging parents. They are professionals. They're dealing with a lot of challenges and growth at work. They may have their own business. They are very involved in their community. So they're just doing everything, right? They're juggling all the things that come with comes with being a, a successful woman. And actually, they often are quite productive. They're very productive. So imagine, I mean, if we're struggling, if you're juggling all of those tasks and demands and distractions, you're really getting a lot done. So it's not that they're lazy or are really not getting things done. They just know that the way it's being done can be more efficient. Mm. And what typically they're feeling like I'm just stretched too thin. There's too much going on. I'm handling so many things. I'm so worried that something's going to fall through the cracks. In fact, something may have fallen through the cracks. That's maybe more inconsequential, but if I, if one more thing comes on my plate, something really huge and of significance is going to fall through the cracks. Um, they often feel like a lot of anxiety. They often let their self care sort of fall by the wayside mm. Uh, they've put on weight, they don't feel as healthy because they're doing so many things. And I think what's really interesting is that almost all of my clients at some point or the other will say, my friends or my family or my husband would never believe that I need help Mm. because they're doing so much, right? So it's almost like other people look at them like, oh, they would, they're on top of it all. They have, they're doing so much, you know, they don't need help where internally though, you feel like I am going to crash. I'm going, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown if I have to do one more thing. So that's usually the type of person 
I'm, I'm working with. Yeah, I think there are a lot of us that feel that way. And I think it's great that there are people that they can go to, you know, like you, who can give them a little bit of help. I think it's important to talk about the fact that a lot of us feel that way. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of us, there are a lot of very high-functioning, high-performing women that we look at from the outside, at least we see them that way, who don't feel that way at all. Yeah. I always say the women I work with, they want to feel as successful on the inside as they look on the outside. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So, Ritha, you you have so many things going on. You obviously spend a lot of time thinking about these things. You have systems in place. We've talked about the intentionality that you bring to it, which I think is so important. That, and you also mentioned the fact that because you teach this, because you talk about this, your awareness is so much greater. And it's that's something that I've talked about on this show in the past, that that's the starting point, I think, for anybody who wants a change is, is is to make a life that matters, you start with awareness. Where am I now? What's going on? What am I doing that's working? What am I doing that's not working? But just first becoming aware of whether it's of what you do with your time or how you're talking to yourself, starting with that awareness, then you can go into the intentionality of this is what I want to keep doing this is what I'd like to change, because this is where I want to go. And I want to get there on purpose. You've kind of touched on all of that. Obviously, that's a part of your life, because it's a part of your business. But even knowing all that, even knowing the things you do, and having the systems in place that you have, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you, or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, yes, <laughs> I certainly do. Uh, you're right. I mean, I think awareness is where you begin. And even though I teach this, absolutely. I mean, we're human and, you know, things get crazy and unexpected or you take on too much when you know you shouldn't have and, you know, all the things. But I think the absolute hardest thing for me to understand, to learn and to embrace, and that I've really had to retrain my brain about this, I really had to retrain my brain was that when I'm stuck in that overwhelm when I'm just going in circles, when I feel like I, I don't even know which way, you know, that paralysis analysis, like I don't even know which way to turn or what to do next. I have to stop working Mm -hmm. and step back and just disconnect. That is the hardest thing in the world to do because you, your intuition tells you just the opposite. It's like, put your head down, keep going. You you know, you're, you're losing time, you're wasting time and you start getting this anxious. I know I get very anxious in my head Mm -hmm. and I just need to stop it. Like maybe close the laptop for a minute, go outside, breathe, maybe throw on the meditation app, maybe go for a walk or maybe just write, like get back to open a notebook and be like, okay, what are the most, what's the most important thing for me to accomplish next? Why am I feeling like this? So it's, some form of just disconnecting from the chaos or what's keeping me stuck at that moment. And it's so hard because you feel like you're wasting time, Mm -hmm. but in in actuality, you're just completely, you're just regrouping. (laughs) You are like composing yourself. You're thinking it through. You're taking a break so that your mind really can just sort of come together again and you can make that right next decision. But that has been the hardest thing for me to learn to do. And and like I said, I think like you said, it just really starts with that awareness. Yeah. When I'm feeling this way, I have to pull myself out, disconnect, do something else, 
gather my thoughts, plan, strategize, and then get back to it. And everything is better. You know, it's funny, as you were talking about that, I had this, the thought that it's similar to like, when you're having trouble with your computer, and you call the help desk, and the first thing they always tell you to do is, well, have you tried rebooting? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's I love that analogy. That's perfect. Yeah, just take that just stop, walk away for a minute give yourself time to reboot, whatever that means for you. And I think a lot of times it's helpful to get outside and just breathe some some air and, you know, hear the birds or, or whatever. But if the weather won't permit, or your circumstances won't permit just to step away from wherever you are uh, in that anxious state and breathe. Uh, because yes. we forget to do that when the stress is building and the anxiety is building and the all the things are coming at you. And you're so right that at, in those moments, it feels like I can't possibly step away. I've just got to push through because there's so much to get done. How can I stop? But, you know, you got to reboot. Yes, absolutely. And I, for me, doing that and then writing is the, mm-hmm. the second I kind of mentioned that, but then writing helps me tremendously. I'm like, just make the list, just write down what's important. Like, what are the goals? Why am I doing that? You know, and that, I don't know if we're just getting it down out of your head and mm-hmm. getting it on paper has been trim or, or typing it, writing it, but writing, I think is even better, but just getting it out of your head is tremendously just liberating and clarifying. And it just, it just makes you feel better. So yeah, yeah the I brain agree. dump is really good. I agree. That's a similar approach to what I want to do when in situations like that. So this has been great. What is on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up either professionally, personally, whatever that that you're excited about that you're looking forward to? Well, I just released a book recently. So that's been really exciting. And I've had the opportunity to just share it more and, and speak about it. And, you know, I speak a lot of conferences. So that's, it's just been really fun and exciting and something I was working on for a long time. So that's, that's great. That's, that's been really great for me. Um, and then I actually now am, am transitioning my business to one-on-one coaching with a lot of group coaching. Well, really doing both. I think one-on-one and group, kind of a hybrid approach where you speak with other experts, myself, tools, training, online, offline. So it's just a very flexible approach to for, for coaching because everyone is so busy and mm-hmm. people need a little bit more flexibility to do it on their own time frame. And so that's been really exciting. So that I've launched and I have a great group of women I'm working with. And so I'm just so excited to bring that to more and more people and see that grow. Well, that uh, does sound exciting. Um, what's your book called? It's called Accomplish It. Mm. We'll be sure and find that and put a link in the show notes. Where can folks connect with you online if they want to learn more about what you're doing or maybe ask you a question? What's Where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, come on over to lifeisorganized.com. You can find out all about me there. Come over to, to Facebook, Life is Organized. Please send me questions. I'd love to connect with you, answer questions, talk to you. Also, you can find me all over LinkedIn under my name, which you'll probably have spelled here because it's too hard to too hard <laughs> to try to uh, figure that out. And uh, and then lastly, come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S. If you want to get um, a download on a lot of just holistic ways to take control of your time and feel less overwhelmed. 
Well, that's great. It, you know, this has been so interesting to talk with you and hear about the things that you're doing. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be feeling a little overwhelmed, maybe just looking for some help or encouragement in getting the things done and, and making a life that matters? What would you say to her? I would say slow it down, <laughs> slow down. Um, and a lot of times I didn't mention this, but when I start my day and or those feelings of overwhelm, ask yourself, what would make me feel most accomplished today? And then keep that to about three things. What are the three tasks that would make me feel most accomplished today? And you might be surprised because it might not be all your email and it might not be, you know, all the things we have in our plate, but it might be going for a walk or spending time with my family or making a healthy meal or or doing that brain dump. You know, it's like, what would make me feel really accomplished? And so slow it down, do your top three and think about what would make me feel most accomplished today. Great advice, great suggestions. Thank you so much, Marithu, for, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun, Laura. Thank you. I am so thankful to Marithu for taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she manages her life, for her suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us on how we can make lives that matter. But what do you think? Do you have any questions or comments for Marithu or for me? Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So you can share those thoughts, those questions, those ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 254. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page and we'll be sure to respond. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I would love to hear from you. You can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I will get back to you as quickly as I can. Uh, I think that's it for this episode. Be sure and remember text expander our sponsor for this episode remember that you can get 20 percent off your first year by visiting textexpander.com podcast to learn more about how it can help gain back time for you with the things that you type frequently and be sure and let them know the productive woman sent you and thank you so much to text expander for supporting the productive woman podcast And that really is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Mridhu. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. (music) 